You're listening to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. The Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Anna. I'm here with another one of your hosts, Paul. And we are here to jump back into our This Year in Classic Gaming series in no particular order. So today, the order we're going to go back to is 1987. Yeah, random generator. It's it's not even organized enough to put it into a random number generator. It's just <laughs> we're doing 1994 today, and then and then we message back like I don't know. I, I feel you know no inspiration looking at that list. How about how about bloody you know which one of us is going to look at our own website and tell us tell the other one which years we have left to do because <laughs> it's they all blur together it is literally what happened so i went to our website and I was like oh find all the the year of ones and i wrote down all the ones we did and we talked about the ones that were left and and you know what write us and tell us why we should be doing uh 94 it, maybe it's not a bad year maybe there's more to it than we thought but for us we figure yeah, 87 had more to talk about. Yeah, well, no, it's a good point about 94 just on the subject because it was like surprisingly barren. I mean, I guess everybody listening by now probably knows that I just searched the adventure games from it. So so bear that in mind in case. Sorry, my cat's on my drum set. Come on, pound cake, bloody get off the drum set, sweetie. Come on. Uh, so anyway, you know... <laughs> Terribly, that was, God, was really distracting. Um, I, I'm sure I was saying words that, that had something to do with a subject that would make sense yeah. to this podcast. Oh, 94, Super Baron and Adventure Games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just I, I'm kind of shocked that, that after 100 and, I don't know, 20, 30, whatever episodes we've done, that, that we haven't stopped to just kind of say out loud, like, wow, 94 was like a quiet year, at least for Adventure Games. Hmm. Yeah, what were a couple of those ones that came out in 1994? Yeah, we might as well look because it, it was, it was, I mean, neither one of us was the least bit interested in doing that that year tonight, which means if we do it, it'll be the last one we do, <laughs> kind of if ever. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, like I think I, I had like three games. Yeah, I mean, there was yeah, under I think a I had, like, three games I say in that. King's Quest. Yeah, that's a good one. I like Under a Killing Moon. I like the King's King's Quest 7. Well, I wasn't a big fan of the game, but that's in there. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's there was Beneath the Steel Sky, which which you know is is pr- mm-hmm. quite revered. Um and, and there were some other ones. Again, we we'll, we'll do this year eventually someday. But I, I guess maybe what it came down to is that really between the two of us, we both played Under a Killing Moon 25 years ago, and you <laughs> played King's Quest 7. And didn't like it, so we're like, let's just, <laughs> bloody, yeah, let's let's do 1987. So that being said, 1987 features some beloved games of, of Anna and mine um, because it was a good year for Sierra. It was also a great year for Lucas Arts, but per Lucas Arts and this whole series of the best of with them is that you know you, you kind of only get one from them a year unless there was like you know a, a, a Star Wars action game or ever coming out as well. So so that being said, it's kind of the same deal. But anyway, so we. <clears throat> We've got some some uh, games that we're going to talk about that, that we've talked about a bit before in, in our extensive back catalog, but we've also in, find ourselves in a unique position where we now have kind of almost suddenly almost almost twice as many listeners as, as 
just really recently, like like before the summer, let's just say, to, to now is, has almost doubled. So there's a lot more of you, maybe, you know, because we did take a long break by accident. And, you know, so hi, you know, sorry. And, and you know, we're back and all that. So if you guys all made it through that break, thank you. You know, we just we just had to had to do a thing with a, with a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, as to not give too much away. That was actually exactly what happened. It was the thing with the thing. So yeah, that's yeah. Good. I mean, and uh, if you didn't do the thing with the thing, we'd be stuck. So I'm I'm glad that uh, we worked it out. <laughs> yeah, me too. No, it was a vile activity, but yeah, we we got it we got it <laughs> worked out. Thank God. So the, the point is, is that, is that we're going to tread some old ground again to our old listeners. I guess this is me kind of apologizing. Um, because, because again, we've, we've got, we've got a whole bunch of new ones too, but also maybe I shouldn't apologize. Cause it's like, you know, you, you know what you get when you tune in to, to this show, you know, you're going to, you're going to get, you know, a lot of Sierra stuff and, and just, a, you know, a lot of the same, because that's, that's kind of how the classic genre works, right? Like you don't listen to classic rock and be like, God, they're always bloody playing Led Zeppelin, you know, cause it's. <laughs> It's a finite genre, right? <laughs> yes. That's the thing with classics. So I'm assuming you tune into the show because you're down with hearing things repeated and, and things that you like repeated. Um, and there's going to be kind of a lot of that this episode because 87 uh, w- was completely uh, quality, not quantity. And and mm-hmm. those few numbers, those few games, we, we've talked about them all, but we're, we're bloody going to do it again. But we're also going to pay attention to the games we didn't talk about and Anna is going to force me to talk about non-adventure games at some point, maybe, probably. I have to give him notice, and then he'll be like, we're out of time. But hey, if you guys are lucky, we will, and we might even bring up an Ultima game. I mean, hold on, wait and see, but not right now. Yeah, exactly. If there was one, there probably was. <laughs> There's always one <laughs> that we miss. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd like to just start this off with the game I played in the past, but I, I didn't spend a huge amount of time with, and that's Mixed Up Mother Goose. Did you nice. ever get a chance to play that one through? Um, yeah, I played it really briefly as a kid, just enough to kind of remember putting my own name in and picking a child that looked like me and being excited about that. And then my um, uh, more recent memory of it is, is I played it with my son um, like a year ago, and he liked it. But but he had actually already played um, like to completion like Echo Quest and Day of the Tentacle uh, and Willie Beamish and a few not not by himself granted with with me but I mean like you know sat through the, these entire whole games and like humongous games um, so mixed up other goose like it, it it was it wasn't enough stimulant for him I guess like you know I didn't mm-hmm. start him on it kind of it was too late anyway but yeah it's it's adorable. I think, yeah, that's about the same with my son. We tried getting into it together, but uh, he didn't, I guess it was the the, uh, the graphic style being, you know, obviously very simple and it wasn't like, it was cute, but it wasn't like super engaging to a 10 year old boy in this day and age. It's too late. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. maybe even then, cause it is very pandering you know it's 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 mm-hmm. it's it is nothing but a fetch quest in the sense that you know you literally just have to find and return missing things and and it's mm-hmm. it's yeah it's it's but at the same time like i don't know i i still did have like a weirdly good time with it just because it was like agi and <laughs> i mean the version mm-hmm. i i i mean I, I think i eventually switched to to the point and click s you know remaster for for his mm-hmm. sake but we started on the agi at least so i could type but 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy they re-released it in 91 anyways. I mean, it, it's nice to have the option. I don't think I've ever played the point and click version. I've only played the 87 version. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I guess kind of like I just said, I played them, played them both. And it's, it's, you can, it's like, if you don't, if you know Sierra AGI, if you know that any of the Sierra rem- SCI remakes in your head, then you can just immediately kind of imagine you can render it in your head what, <laughs> what the AGI version would look like. And, that, and that's it. And, yeah, it's it's fine. It's no more like complex or anything. It's just more like bells and whistles and whatever. But yeah, it's nice. Well, you know, the 91 version of the game, it was like the first CD-ROM that Sierra had ever put out. So it was, I was like a test, you know, you're going to do a re-release on something and, you know, make sure it works out well instead of investing in a whole brand new game for it. I think that's a sound philosophy. Yeah. And, you know, I guess like on a sort of nerdy side, there's, there's like an argument there, there's some cloudiness in in the statement that, that mixed up Mother Goose was the first like PC game on a CD-ROM because I've I've heard mm-hmm. that said before, but I've also heard it reduced down to like adventure game or whatever. But, but yeah, I think it, it was just Sierra's first, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I'm still I'm still not entirely sure because I I did I did do mm-hmm. like a brief mm-hmm. hunt for this a while back for a different episode, and I, I never found anything 100 mm-hmm. percent conclusive because it was like you know. It wasn't claiming to be the first like multimedia thing, you know, like I, I think that was like a encyclopedia, mm-hmm. but but uh, it was claiming, you know, to be the first like interactive, you know, I guess game in general. So I don't know if anybody else does know the answer, the, the, like the solid answer. That'd be cool to know. Maybe Again, mm-hmm. fall, fallback is, you know, we could always just put an asterisk and say probably the first adventure game because, you know, Sierra in 91, that's who it would have mm-hmm. been. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, there's a bunch of versions of that game. Mm-hmm. So good game. I think they ran into this game. Playing mixed up mother goose. Don't don't quote. Not look at it. Yeah, mixed up mother goose wouldn't be a. It's definitely in the, in like the, the kids genre of like don't if if you're. You're not probably gonna have a good time with it, like in your forties, sitting down, like with like a glass of wine and mixed up mother goose. Like, well, actually, I, I, I don't know. I, I I can be talked into it, but I'm just, it's not like Echo Quest where I'd be like, yo, you're actually gonna sincerely have fun and enjoy yourself. Mixed up mother goose. It's like, yeah, if you want like a quick little, you know, nostalgia kick to the heart sort of thing, jolt to the whatever, bloody, mm-hmm. you know, fire it up and give it like you know four and a half minutes. That's all you'd need. Otherwise, let's give it a game. <laughs> yeah, unless, and even then, depends on the age. But it's cute. It's, yeah, it's it's cute. It's cuter. Your version might even be cuter. I like the little AGI graphics. I think they are adorable. But I haven't picked up the game and played it again recently. So. Yeah, well, I, stand, I do like the AGI better. But, but you know, the, the point and click is easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's about it for that game. It's been used in in-jokes. It was kind of cute, and I don't think I have anything else to say about it. Yep, no, you know, it's just, just that's it. Yeah, it's, it is it is sucking the inspiration and charisma out, out of me talking about it. <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it, is. it is drying me up. <laughs> Had to get it out of the way, man. That's how it is. Here, why don't you bring up a more interesting adventure game, Paul? Uh okay, one of if not Anna's favorite leisure suit Larry in the land of the bloody blonde blonde lizards. God, don't let me say that wrong. <laughs> well, Al, Al did this by himself too, didn't he? With like Mark Crow doing the art or whatever. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, essentially. And and I mean, like, I think one of the main differences he pointed out uh, might have even been during our interview, I'm not sure, but that he wanted to take a game that was not personal and then make it about a character. Like the game was just like soft porn was about the guy and the Leisure right. Suit Larry games became about Larry as a character. So that's I think he he gave it a shift that it really needed to go into the, the three dimensional world. Right, right, yeah, it was it was missing a dimension, kind of figuratively mm-hmm. in the early, yeah. Although <laughs> it's, it it's pretty, tr- pretty true to go back and tech and this is really close. Like, I didn't realize how close together the storylines were. I mean, it's the same, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I still have to really play soft porn to, like, kind of 100% confirm myself. But, yeah, from, from as you said, from speaking to Al in the interview we did mm-hmm. with him, um, which was delightful. God, he's so, he's so cool. Um, <laughs> essentially positive energy kind of person, but, but anyway, yeah, he, he certainly gave, gave us or gave me the impression that it was, you know, a lot more copy and paste than I thought it was too. Mm-hmm. Like a lot less inspired from and a lot more soft porn, but with, you know, changes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and the fact that he took it from there and turned it into its own series and, you know, its own personality and everything. So, yeah, it's it's a great game. I love the AGI graphics. I love the quirky little death scene. I mean, just to put in the fact that when you die, you, you go underground and you end up in a factory and they have to make a new Larry and send him back up right there is enough to engage just about anybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Larry's so good. Larry, I mean... It's it's such a quintessential part to the, any kid that like had a uh, had snuck a copy or or you know had, had you know copied a friend's copy or just you know snuck it from their own dad or whatever the case like anybody that's got that kind of little thrill story growing up that that had hmm. had this kind of taboo uh, apple in the Garden of Eden kind of vibe about it <laughs> that this game did, it, including for myself you know right my, where, where my my dad had this game and it was like. I, I, I have I do have one vivid memory of of like getting yelled at to leave because he was playing it. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe not yelled at, but shooed. And and then I think I have like an, a really even vaguer memory of of like my mom like yelling at my dad <laughs> or like sc- again not yelling, scolding, whatever about like you know me not being around that game or whatever the case. I'm not sure, but yeah, I mean, the, Larry, if if you grew up with that in your childhood as a lot of people did it's like larry becomes like this mythical uh, beast it's like this this i don't know it just it has a, a different life to it because it was like this this crazy forbidden fruit and then when you finally get a hold of the game like you know you, you can <laughs> you can sleep with the prostitute and you, you can do you know a lot of the, the wrong things um mm-hmm. like you know crossing a street without looking both ways all the things kids are told not to do you can <laughs> do them and and find out what the price is which is great. I mean, I handed the game over. Hey, curse me not. I started playing the game when I was nine. I handed the game over to my 11-year-old, the text version, about a month and a half ago. And I'm like, just play this game and see how far you can get. Uh, the first thing I said is, uh, you know, you have to make it into the bouncer's door on your own. And I've learned a few things that... Uh, kids don't know nowadays <laughs> for one he doesn't know like to order a whiskey or what a whiskey is or why somebody would want a whiskey i mean the whole concept eluded him uh when he got upstairs he finally did get upstairs to see the lady uh in the room above the bouncers he didn't know what to do with her he talked to her he looked at her 
He tried kissing her. And then he's like, there's nothing else to do in this room. And he walked out. I mean, seriously, without like certain amounts of knowledge, how does a kid play it? Which which leads the question, when I was nine, how the fuck did I finish this game? Yeah, that's concerning. It's that, very yeah. concerning. I just, something happened to me I didn't know about. I don't know. But no, my dad helped me. You, you mentioned that. My dad's just like here, and I'm like, help me get in. So I'd, I'd ask him the question. He'd help me get in, and he he didn't care. So I was pretty lucky. Yeah, I can't. I I don't think I actually ever did play Larry one, but I think I remember down the line I did get to play Larry seven. Mm-hmm. I love Larry seven. That's a great one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's uh, you know that was like 25 plus years ago, so I don't remember it, but I you know I'm sure I liked it. <laughs> it's great it's got a great little box it's got a scratch and sniff in it so right, like, yeah. if you if you go into like one room and it'll be like 4a then you scratch it and it smells like you know the room you're in none of i have two scratch and sniffs now uh from the box one of them smells like a leather suitcase all the way through even if you scratch it it's already been scratched the other one's never been scratched and i cannot bring myself to put a scratch mark on it so i don't know <laughs> Die never knowing. Plus, if if you kind of broken finally after years, scratched it, and there was no <laughs> smell left, that would be devastating. I know, I know. But no, seven is great, and I will bring it up now because I don't hear this brought up often. Seven is one of the very, very few games that have text input as well as cursor input, which is something you don't see very often. I saw it in uh, Douglas mm-hmm. Adams' Starship Titanic, but really far and few between when developers have put that much effort into a game. You really have to have a lot of passion to even freaking bother to do something like that. Right. Right. Yeah. No. Exactly. That, that was a really cool aspect. Because and it goes to show too. I, I really like the the heart of a lot of the designers that Sarah seemed to really stick stick by the the AGI like um how how the the two guys from Andromeda had had picked had were, were I guess apparently given the option allegedly given the option to choose uh, SCI or AGI for Space Quest Four right and they they chose AGI and and then were again allegedly informed that that. Perhaps it wasn't. Perhaps it was more the illusion of choice, and they kind of, <laughs> they kind of thought that maybe they, they, you know, fifty fifty, they'll they'll guess the easy way, or they'll choose the easy way, and they didn't. But but regardless, it's it's kind of cool that you know at the Allo, there, there was still like this part of of the the early Sierra guys that, that really were attached to to AGI because yeah, there's something really fun about it. I get it. Well, and you know, you want to be like friends with the designer. As a kid, I was just as obsessed with Al Lowe as I was obsessed with Leisure Suit Larry. And and I don't know, like to me, Al Lowe was a character and a character that I knew like was a real human being. So he was just as important to me and just as cool and just as awesome. And, you know, you're always looking for the in-jokes. Where is he on the box? You know, when are they going to joke? When is he going to randomly pop up in one of the games? You know, he, he's just as famous as Larry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, the cameos were awesome. They were really cool. The, the, from, from you know from from any of the Sierra creators that that, that were in there, which is I I I, I kind of think all of them. I'm not sure. Did, did the Coles ever cameo in in their games? I know they're on the boxes, but no, I think I, I somebody can write in and tell me I've totally forgotten, but I don't recall that they have. Yeah, because other we know G, Jim Walls, the two guys, mm-hmm. uh, Alvo. I don't know about Gene Jensen. Mm-hmm. It'd be tricky because she does the historical stuff, so it would kind of take them out of contest and uh, context unless they became a character. 
Yeah, or it was, I mean, I guess there's always like the background sprite possibility, but it, it, there's a mm -hmm. high chance that stuff wouldn't even be documented. Mm -hmm. Like, by yeah, the way, those, the, you know, them 30 pixels are supposed to be Jane. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't think they were placed in any games. It's like Roberta was in uh, King's Quest Four. I believe it was her likeness in the portrait that's looking towards the secret passage on the wall. And of course, Ken was all over the place here and there. Right. That too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, geez. But I mean, yeah. hey, it was a yeah, it was a great year for games. Uh, I think that's all I have on that. I I want to bring up uh, Police Quest because I was just talking about it the other day. Uh, Police Quest One was done in that year, and my uh, my son has this really wicked tank, and it it shoots out smoke, and it's got sound effects, and it's got an all metal body, and uh, it also has uh, it shoots BBs like really really far and really really hard. And uh, so we were setting up target practice with, in, with it in the yard. And I'm always the best shot in the house, right? I'm like, oh, adjust, adjust, shoot. I get it. Adjust, adjust, shoot. And my family, they always bug me. They're like, oh, how come you're so good at shooting? I'm like, freaking police quest one. You know how much? And I mean, you have to manually adjust your sights with the freaking screwdriver <laughs> on the sights to be able to take your shots in the first one. Remember that? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's painful. It's really painful. The the the. I think the 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 second was it first SCI. The second one was mm -hmm. was the most painful for me with the, with the gun. But it was mm -hmm. it was I, I, like oddly satisfying too. The payoff was was there. <laughs> it, oh yeah, it was definitely there in the second one. And it's it's just you know what, like Paul, it got us to grasp the concept of aim without having to go out and actually shoot a gun. Whether right, you did or right. not, it's not the case. But it was it was just it was really good at, at sort of mechanically putting it in my brain so that I knew I was and I it, it was true. Like I went out to summer camp when I was in grade seven and I was the best at archery. And, you know, mm -hmm. anytime I've ever gone shooting, I've just been dead on with aim. It's all in the aim, you know, and I've always I've always credited that to Police Quest. Oh, it's really interesting. I wonder if anybody else out there kind of feels the same way. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not even sure how my aim is. <laughs> yeah you'd have to shoot something first i guess yeah exactly i the only like kind of sport like that i played was hockey and i was the goalie so i don't know <laughs> it's kind of no no point there i did i would just just last night i was trying to playfully lob a, a mostly uh finished water bottle at a friend of mine because he was on the phone and i'm a child <laughs> and and i threw it and it hit him uh, right in the temple <laughs> and it was the the bottle cap like the the perfect the the hardest side of the bottle to hit him right in the temple and i just had this moment of like i i, for, I forget sometimes you do hit what you aim for so maybe don't you know because i go i'm like I, I go to throw something at a friend and i'm like well of course i aim for the head and then it actually like connects i'm like oh yeah i guess sometimes i do hit what i'm trying to you know maybe maybe it's next time we'll go for you know i don't know the the throat it doesn't it doesn't matter <laughs> I can't help it, man. If you can throw something to somebody, why the heck would you waste your steps walking across the room? I mean, getting hit in the head's just a chance you take being around me, so I get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. If it's <laughs> if, as long as it's funny, that that's the that's the risk we take. Because if it's not hey, funny, funny then, can you know. be in hindsight. You know, funny can even be a year later. Remember that time when in the head wall to get and remember how mad you were then, and then you can both laugh and laugh. 
Yeah, exactly. And if they're really mad, you can remind them that, you know, in the future, you'll be, you you know, it'll be fine and they let you off the hook. All right, listen, doesn't matter. <laughs> Back to Police Quest. Um, it's a beloved, beloved damn game. And I will say too, real quick, we've got, uh, actually, Police Quest isn't necessarily a beloved game. I, I mean of mine. <laughs> of ours specifically. Of ours, yeah. Of, because you do, I do. There? Yeah, ex- exactly. And it's, it's. It doesn't have what? the largest fan base, but man, it's I'm so like, much fun. I'm a kid. I want to learn all of the radio codes. Well, you know what? I freaking learned them all. I freaking memorized them. And then, as I've mentioned on the podcast, but you new listeners may not have heard it, I hung out on top of the mountain near my house talking with truckers in the States, and I knew their language, so they accepted me as one of their own. It was amazing. It sounds like Anna gets by as an adult largely because of Police Quest. <laughs> it's, it's kind of it's amazing. It's the only reason I'm not in jail, <laughs> I swear. <laughs> I've never had a flat tire because of Police Quest. Mm-hmm. I do walk around my car. I do the thing because I've learned I will die if I don't. I could yeah. die, you know? I mean, my game could be just over. That would be it. So. <laughs> Well, I I bloody I I really like Police Quest because all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in strong on Police Quest because this is one that they could use some championing yes. because you know Larry doesn't because if you played Larry or you like it you like it if if you don't like the idea of Larry you're probably not gonna play it because you're like fuck mm-hmm. that game on principle and yeah. that's that's totally cool if that's your if that's your take on it and then Police Quest arguably can suffer the same fate with the way things are and stuff. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's, it's a really fun game. It gives you this open world kind of vibe. Like you, you can, you can choose where in, in, uh, is it Litton? I think it's Litton, not mm-hmm. Lighten. Yeah. It, it's Litton. Ch- Litton. Thank you. Right. We discovered that at some point throughout the years. Um, it, it, in Litton, you can go, you know, wherever you want. I mean, if, if it's, a destination let's say then then obviously when you part as soon as you stop the car moving it triggers mm-hmm. you know triggers your your entrance into that room like it's it's just it really feel it felt as a kid anyway like and when i say open world this was you know 1987 or whatever so it's like mm-hmm. as a kid it really felt like wow i can go anywhere i can go to the courthouse i can go to the diner sorry mm-hmm. i just I, my italian hand just hit my drum cymbal um <laughs> <laughs> throwing them around the bloody diner we got you 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 go all over it and you could jump on the highway and then you you know you're pulling people over you're, you're dialing your sightseeing your fire and weapons you get to go after criminals that are you know from traffic violation to to you know wielding a gun at you and stuff like it's it was all just the best kind of overwhelming and intense and and a lot for me as a kid and it's just yeah it's it's it really stuck with me i think it's it's an awesome game and if you if you like king's quest or you love space quest and i'm talking like one and two like agi sierra stuff and you haven't played police quest then you know for shame all right pal <laughs> that's funny <laughs> what are you what are you doing you know what are you with, with your entire life not just this situation <laughs> first of all Go ahead. You don't you don't drink enough water, all right? You, <laughs> you got to call your mother. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just saying, Police Quest is a good game. Uh, you should play it. Don't don't play the SCI version. Don't because no, just, just get I couldn't the experience even make it or don't. through. No, yeah, that's not. 
But yeah, it's great. I mean, I can imagine somebody growing up not knowing about the Death Angel or not knowing who even Jim Walls is. I mean, this terminology to me is a part of everybody's vocabulary. So I'll, I'll bring it up in casual conversation. People are like, they never know what I'm referencing, <laughs> obviously. But I'm just like, <laughs> these names have been a part of my life always. Hotel Delphoria, like just all these names running around in yeah. my head. I, I just, I'm yeah. so shocked as a grown up in my 40s how much this game meant to me. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Police quest is, is a big one, and I, I guess on a personal note too, I'll, t- I'll take a side quest. Uh, side quest. Wow, a side note, <laughs> a, a moment to just say that I, 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 I at the time I would have been uh, bloody, you know. I don't know. I'm like I'm like five years old, six years old. I, I I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not doing the math, but but so I I was young. I barely. I just remember playing the games. Honestly, I probably played them a year or three after we even got them. But but I'm looking at '87, and like the, these were like this was definitely the first year I I think that that we got like a home computer because mm-hmm. like I, I remember my 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 first three games were Police Quest, Space Quest Two, and Gold Rush. And two of those three came out this year, right? Like, and and then there's Leisure Suit Larry, which I know my dad bought. So basically, like, he went to the store and and swept up everything adventure-wise that came out in '87. That's kind of what started us. So, so looking at Police Quest and Space Quest, and, and it's like, man, these are yeah, these are these are like the the straight building blocks uh, for me personally as far as adventure games. But yeah. So anyway, well, let me just wrap up Police Quest by saying, you know bloody play it because it's 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 gonna surprise you how good it is a lot of people talk about the whole procedure thing and that it doesn't feel like a game and i just gotta say real quick that like it it's 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 actually pretty fun it's like the procedure thing is is the simulation is the being a cop part and like if you take that out and you're like you know, because I, I get, I totally get the ribbing and the just having fun with it. Like, you know, oh, you got to walk around the car, you know, and check every time you leave, you got to walk around all four sides and check it and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's, it, am I, you know, I'm just doing procedures. Is this even a game? But it's like, if you take out, like being a policeman means following procedure. That is literally what and kind of all you do. Mm-hmm. So like, if you take procedure from a police game, then you just get in the car, see a guy, draw a gun, fire it, and there's there's no there's no game anymore. There's no point. Like the whole point of being a cop in in a in a like simulated sense, you know, understanding you signed up to play a game designed by a cop to give you a sort of real experience is like is following the procedures and kind of the thrill of I, what I would almost probably relate to what I can imagine an aircraft pilot would get. And I'm only being so brave as to imagine that because my father was, <laughs> I'm definitely not, but I mean, I, I grew up with it. I get it where it's like, there's this infatuation where th- you go above the clouds. And if all of your calculations are perfect, a few hours later, you emerge from the clouds again and find to greet you the exact location you thought you'd be at, right. The exact airport yeah. where it's like, you know, and so it's like, I, I, I kind of get that. Right. And, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the, just a little bit to to equate the thrill of of the procedural thing where it's like if you if you get everything perfect the moment happens you know the right mm-hmm. thing happens and and you 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 stop banes and blah 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 so so the, the it's it's all the price you pay right that's i guess what mm-hmm. i'm saying is the procedure in the game sometimes it is grinding but like there is i don't think there's like a video game on earth that doesn't have at least a tiny bit of like get this over with 
um, grind mm-hmm. it out, you know, survive it, get the extra lives, whatever, you know, whatever the case mm-hmm. is. But, but yeah, in, in police quest, it's like, that's the, the price to pay. And then the payoff is, is obviously when it, when it all orchestrates and pulls off. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm done. Sorry. No, that's okay. I would just like to add in to people will say, well, the driving sucks. Well, the driving's kind of like the original Grand Theft Auto in a way. It's just an overhead view. You can memorize the map super easily and you can even slow down the speeds and stuff nowadays. I personally really liked the driving. I, I have a thing for memorization, so I would memorize where places were and, and how to get there. So don't let that deter you either. The driving part is fun. I, I think it's fun too. It's It's First of all, if the driving is is seriously a problem for you, just just go to the menu and put the speed on slow. That's it. Problem exactly. solved. It's it's it mm-hmm. the the speed set the slow setting is so slow mm-hmm. that that it's it's there's just no way you couldn't do it. It it's that ridiculous. Um but that being said, again, the price to pay. It's like, yeah, sometimes you mm-hmm. crash, but like that's why it's just I don't I if if anybody listening is picking up a small amount of trigger it's because <laughs> just a little <laughs> it's because god damn it there's there's just this weird thing some adventure gamers get where it's like i don't want adventure games to have any challenge at all you know <laughs> what i mean and i don't fucking get it it's like the yeah. driving's hard it's like well that's the thing to do like you know what i mean it's like, i just maybe just watch a movie like what i don't understand the desire to just run errands like, mm-hmm. like sometimes I, I, I can get that. That is fun. But I'm just saying like, if the driving, if it didn't, if you didn't crash two or three uh, times out of five mm-hmm. attempts trying to get somewhere, it wouldn't feel good that you got there. Like I, I there's this weird disconnect between some adventure gamers and consequence. And mm-hmm. it baffles me because adventure gaming, adventure game genre is the only genre that is not, ex- that, that is not exempt from like dying and consequence and such where it's like every <laughs> other genre of video game. I know I do this rant like twice a year. I'm sorry. It's, it's happening. We're in <laughs> it. Necessary. People we're, always, we're in the trenches. <laughs> we're bloody in the trenches. I'm just we're doing this. It's necessary. Exactly. And, and I'm just saying, I just, I find it really weird. Right. Cause then like, it's like you, you can't play Mario Brothers and be the, and and die, and it's like do 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 do, and you're like God, you know, dying really breaks immersion, doesn't it? It's like you you don't <laughs> you don't bloody say that in in, in Mario, and and then you know take any other genre of video game, except for a sport, I guess, mm-hmm. and it's like dying is like what matters. It's like mm-hmm. the, and or not even dying, but like the consequence part, the, the, like, what if I, you know, what if I don't pull it off? And, and in that case, sports is included again, because it's all about consequence. So anyway, I'm just, look, I'm just saying, okay, the driving can be a little difficult if you, if you don't change the speed to slow, but it's like, you know, it feels good to get there because it took a few tries. It's, it's mm-hmm. <sighs> well, we I, all I, wanted to, to die, right? I mean, that's what we did. You save it, and then you die to see how you can die. Can I die here? Yeah, can I? Yeah. Can I swear? Can <laughs> I talk about nudity? Can I take off my clothes? You know, some games like Police Quest are like, yeah, fuck yeah, go ahead and take off your clothes and see what happens. And I appreciate that in a game. Yeah, no, it is exactly. <laughs> it is a beautiful. Yeah, and they're they're ready for it. They're like, look, you know, we we're putting you in a shower with a bunch of other, you know. <laughs> With a bunch of other policemen in a towel, bring it on, you you perverts, because we've got responses. And and yes. I love them for it so much. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's disappointing. I'm like, what? I didn't die there? How did I not die there? And I never have to say that to myself in a Sierra game. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh my god anyway it's true. you're like am i playing it's uh, just to add on to your point like that is like that that's a popular thing now games where you literally just like through conversations and there's no right way and wrong way in your experience a game for six to ten hours but it's like what does it matter what you're doing then at that point and as you said then watch a show right and i mean i guess you know to to, to that extent it's like maybe don't even watch a show. I just, I guess, watch a playthrough of it. And and then to mm-hmm. the people's response would be like, well, we are like literally <laughs> instead. <laughs> and then I'm just like, well, you know, bloody touche. Cause mm-hmm. I, I guess that is kind of where we're at now. But, but yeah, I just, I don't know. Like I said, I, I sometimes, sometimes I really do like no consequence. I totally get that. I really do. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't understand why, why you would um, not have it as just a, a minimal part of your diet. <laughs> well and and you've taken that to heart making your own game of course as well because you're like yeah you can play it and i mean i'm not going to go around murdering you no, for no reason but like if you do something super stupid then you're probably not going to be okay to you know yeah to a degree but I, if i'm being completely candid i guess i would say that that I can't ignore the fact that the majority of the game's audience would be lucas arts players because lucas arts players are the dominant market today let's just say mm-hmm. like heavy air quotes on market this is adventure games there aren't statistics <laughs> yeah. and google analytics that i'm referring to necessarily but 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 from you know just being a passionate fan and, and deep observation of the last decade the the kind of i guess you could say trend is is you know people adventure games kind of more than certainly went the lucas arts route if you were to say mm-hmm. which one like air quotes won the battle it's lucas because mm-hmm. that's the model that the people have, for the most part adapted obviously there's there's exceptions um mm-hmm. so well, yeah with 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 our game with the phantom fellows i was like look let's just do let's you know if people don't want deaths i don't want to bum them out because i'm like working crazy hard to entertain them and make them laugh so i don't want to undo that by pissing them off because i'm stubborn about something (laughs) so i was like look we're gonna do you know the game takes place over days right like like gabriel knight or whatever and there's there's eight days so i'm like we'll do we'll do one death a day and (laughs) to die you have to do something willing you have to try you have to do something that should kill you that just straight up should kill you. We're, we're not talking staircases. We're not talking like, you know, touching a piece of glass. I mean, like, you know, just straight up, like in real life, I would die if I did this. So if you play my game, uh, our game, and you find yourself in that position of like, man, I'd probably die if I did this. Just go ahead and just just save real quick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, that's it. Because I, I, I would have been more tempted to, to pepper in a lot more deaths. But, but also, mm-hmm. luckily for for the Lucas Arts kind of more dominant audience is is that I'm doing doing a, you know a, a tremendous amount of it on my own, including all the art by myself and animating death scenes. You know, takes forever. So, so there's that too. <laughs> I don't know if I have that in me. Um, that's funny. So yeah, that that's pretty good. That's. Um... Well, I mean, we can't mention all of those games without mentioning another f- freaking amazing and one of the other uh, adventure games I love to talk about, which is Space Quest 2, also came out in that year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This year, this year's, this year's crazy. Yeah, yeah, Space Quest 2, exactly. And that was, again, one of my, like, I, I, between the Gold Rush and Space Quest 2 and Police Quest, I don't know which one I played first. I, like I said, I think my dad just came home with all three and whatever. So it's this mixed up memory to me. And again, actually, if for any listeners in the show, going back to like 
the first episodes like have probably could maybe even recall me saying every now and then like yeah i don't know which one was my first it's like they're you know those those listeners are like all right you know please stop you know going through the spiel every time but so again i don't know what the technical one for the second time in just this episode i don't know what the second the technical first one is but space quest 2 is amazing and before i hand it over to you i would just say that the intro to space quest 2 is my favorite first 10 minutes of any game ever love it mm-hmm. oh this whole game is beautiful and intimidating for me because it wasn't my first because four was my first and i was like uh-oh that's one of those games that I put in the same pile at the time as the early King's Quest games, you know, being tricky. It doesn't pause when you're typing and it's a harder game. So I, I it took me it took me a while to get brave enough to finally run through and do Space Quest 2. So I, I don't think I played it until after I played five or six. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because yeah, I've mm-hmm. I've played a lot of things backwards, like like you're playing mm-hmm. out with Space Quest, but but not with Space Quest. It's one of the few I think I actually mm-hmm. play forwards. Hmm. Well, um, it's uh, not an easy game, really. Um. No. No, it's not. Uh. Yeah. It's no, it's it. not. It's 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 got <laughs> it's got two or three sections that that really would destroy any argument towards being. It's 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 just not one of Sierra's. It's not it's not hard like Sierra hard hard because because. I don't. I don't think any of the space quests are anywhere near a king's quest level of hard, but but it is mm-hmm. difficult for sure. It's not an easy game. Mm-hmm. Just a lot but. of timing. Like I said, for me, it was mostly the intonation of the non-pausing text box. I, I was really intimidated with any game that had that, which is why I liked, say, King's Quest Four, because it was at the point where it would pause when you type. Yeah, I know that's such a funny argument too, because there really are two sides to it, where it's like. Pausing where it types means like in a panic you can press anything and and you're off the <laughs> hook, but also mm-hmm. like if if you're doing like I was doing a playthrough of, I don't it doesn't matter probably, probably Space Coast Two actually recently and, and mm-hmm. like you know what you're doing to the point where like you click you know open door on the left side of the screen, mm-hmm. like you type mm-hmm. open door as he's walking to the right side and then click yeah, you know you what I mean like yeah everything prepped exactly and then yeah. I mean F three is always there for you too because that'll that'll bring it up even in that game yeah yeah good call. Yeah, mm-hmm. really good. You're a good proponent of F3 for this for, for this show. Yeah. <laughs> Always reminding really people of their that. function keys. <laughs> I love the function keys. I will happily remind people of function keys. But yeah, the space bar wasn't brought in as a pausing mechanism until that next generation. So it was only F3 we had with those early ones. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I remember just the, the intro to Space Quest 2. Mm-hmm. It's it's just absolutely gorgeous. And, and then the, the ability to walk... You know, to cling to the building and walk, you know, to on the side of it and then upside down it, and you actually have to mm-hmm. walk upside down it, which I guess might be right side up now that I think about it. Uh, to get it, like, it just, just all blew my 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 child mind. But then, even as an adult, and I I got to credit our, our mate Rick, you know, uh, used to host the show with us too for for this train of thought, which which he he had planted in my head, which was just just how. He he really had I, I think was talking to us both and kind of had us both really focus on on Mark Crow's art at the time, and and just mm. just how amazing it was in in the AGI period and and Space Quest Two is such an awesome example of just just master mastery of what that of what a person's doing like it may sound silly it's just you know old computer crap but like for somebody working in pixel art you know in a, in in a uh, in the EGA palette. 
like it's just it's just incredible like the opening scenes are breathtaking the the use of just the purple and the cayenne and the blue it's it's crazy mm-hmm. like it creates like this whole atmosphere in space with like four to five colors and yeah anyway it's just it's one of those things if if you if you're inclined to just have a random moment you could just look at some art from space quest 1 and just be like wow like we're talking you know bloody you know just just eight colors and like it's just it feels like space um so yeah it's true so so well said it's a beautiful game and it's funny i mean right in the intro when when you're starting the game it it gives you like a bunch of text before you start and and it's throwing in jokes it's a little bit extreme and and you kind of you get the humor of the game immediately before you even see what the station looks like you know yeah yeah, exactly. It lays, it lays the foundation. It's it's got a fun. I don't, I've just I really like too. Like it used to be at the bottom of my my little Space Quest list because Space Quest is my is, is my favorite series, and it's I guess for me it's I guess just sort of fun to to constantly resort the order in which I rank them to myself. This is quietly not, not online, not to anybody. <laughs> But, but like I used to used to always have two as kind of last and and recently it just, it just kind of keeps moving up and up the list the the, the more because I'd recently replayed it and the more I recollect that it's it was just broken down into segments it was so much fun like the the, mm-hmm. the intro is quite short before you get kidnapped but like the kidnap part's kind of fun I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of the forest but like the little vine mazes I, I thought was really really fun mm-hmm. even I mean- using using the word maze is harsh because it's you know. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't expect there to be a jungle though you're like it's a space game why am i in a jungle that was kind of a surprise because i didn't know anything about it when i played it the first time so i'm like oh okay this is different <laughs> yeah 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 and, to, and to, to any newer listeners if you want to hear deeply contrasting opinions from from the same hypocritical hypocritical person uh, go back and listen to our episode on on the space quest series because i it, this was bef- that was before i replayed two and i just <laughs> tear it apart I just yes, tore it apart. Did. I'm like, they have the whole galaxy to travel in. And what do they choose? A jungle. Great. Like, we're, and it was just, I wasn't wrong with a lot of those points. I, I will, you know, <laughs> obstinately stick by some of them. But, but after replaying, I'm like, this is actually a pretty good time. The mazes are actually kind of really fun that you can't touch the sides and being shrunken down uh, and sneaking into the machine was really fun. Like it was, it was a good time. I like mm-hmm. it. I think he went a little meta there. I was watching like a comedian perform the other day and he was watching himself having an opinion from like a minute ago and like <laughs> criticizing himself in his own opinion. And then it went into another screen in and then he was criticizing himself, criticizing himself. He's like, you know, I think I'm so smart, but really I'm just kind of being a dick here. And I think I'm just scared inside. And it, it kept going in this like total meta way thing. It's kind of <laughs> like what you're doing in the podcast a little bit. You're like, yeah, I know I said that. I was kind of a, you know, uninformed person. Yeah. <laughs> And just just to, to to laminate the the organization the show has always had. I after doing an episode on the Space Quest series, I then decided to replay <laughs> the Space Quest series just to get a fresh you know view on it to share with nobody. Fantastic. Um, what else? So Space Quest Two. Uh, I'll say that that uh, all uh, just an amazing remake. Um, Mm-hmm. As far as far as Space Quest Two from from uh, from uh, mm-hmm. yeah from our mates Sean 
uh, Sean Mills, who did the Sierra Adventure book, and then Stephen Alexander from from Infamous Quest, Infamous Adventures. But but it's mm-hmm. it's really really well done. It's got got it's, like it's a, got uh, voices and everything, yeah, man. <laughs> it's exactly, it's got voices. It's got uh, it's got some some really fun little add-ons. Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm stalling because I, I guess I don't I don't think I ever want to really want to say them. I'll say like it's got a new intro cut where there's like a David Letterman kind of spoof that's fun. Mm-hmm. And then there's, there's just I won't spoil them because it was fun for me to to. to to discover them on my own, but there's like two or three just other little things that you can do that you couldn't in the original. That's like just that right touch where not only is it a total, like just giving it an SCI makeover alone, point and click makeover alone would have been plenty of enough, but then just throwing in like one or two little, you know, Mm -hmm. from a true fan's heart kind of segments to the game, optional things that you can explore was, was such a nice touch. So if you you know if you haven't played Space Quest Two, play Space Quest Two. But if you have and you like kind of want to revisit it, but you don't, then then plain and simple, go go play the free remake, which is mm-hmm. it, it it shouldn't be free. It's it, like if you get yeah. it from from bloody from bloody itch, and and they're like you know, do you want to give them the two dollars? Don't don't click no. Take me to the downloads. All right, mm-hmm. just just give them a dollar. Buy buy them a coffee. You said it exactly. I mean, it's it's a it's a game made for fans by true fans. I mean, as soon as as soon as you get in there, you can see the passion. You can kind of feel it come through. So, not like I'm trying to plug it. Obviously, I don't make money out of it, and neither do they. So, just just go and play it because I said it's good. Yeah, and, and, but they do make money out of their other you know games because there's there's IQ mm-hmm. super professional polished AGS games. Um, they do make mm-hmm. money off of the other games. So so go buy those because you know. Yeah, it, 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 they're 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 mates of ours. They're both they're both really good, really good guys. So and check out the Sierra mm-hmm. Adventure book too. Just go buy all the things. Give everybody your money. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I backed one of the King's Quest records where they did the the sort of redo and and they did some sort of voice acting and did some music lately. You can buy a record based on a game that we loved. In the freaking 1980s, in this year, it can't be all that bad in 2021. It can't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's, it's a really good time to be be a adventure fan. So it's all fine. You know what? We're looking at all our friends and going, "Huh, huh? We told you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've been trying to tell you this shit's awesome for ages. Now it's like, oh my god, people are like going on Twitch. They're playing the games. They're getting into it. They're doing challenges to try to finish them. And I'm just like, this is what I have been holding out for. Yeah, exactly. First there was hundreds of us. Now there's thousand of us. <laughs> At least one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so b- believe it or not, we've been going for quite a long time, and and oh, we've yeah. really just covered the ones that we love, because right. you know, I mean, that is that is a perk to it being it being our show, right? We get to do that that stuff, which is cool. <laughs> but but let's let's do the the last huge one, and the, and then we're gonna skip around a bit, and then we'll get off of adventure here, but. So the last big one to our very patient and beloved, and um, according to my fictional statistics, market dominant LucasArts fans. Hey guys, we got Maniac <laughs> Hi Mansion. Hi, we Woo-hoo. got Bloody Maniac Mansion for you. I, this this one's a little controversial because I feel like it came out for like C sixty four and eighty six, but I it doesn't matter. This there was a lot of Sierra. You guys deserve this. I hope it's not also 86 because I got to say, if we're doing 86, there's only like fucking three games in that year. And if this is one of them that we're taking, that sucks. No, 
We got it. We're in we're in 87 and I'm excited to talk about this for two reasons. A, I have my original hard box for Maniac Mansion from back in the day, which is fine. No big deal. But B, I was at a local like curiosity shop and this guy, he knows I'm into computer games and he's like, oh man, somebody dropped off a game, but all it has is the disc and, and paper and the box is a little bit flattened. He's like, so just take it off my hands. I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. So I take it, and it's a Maniac Mansion box, and I'm reading the back, and I notice the word lust on the back. And then I remembered, because it had been tweeted about, that that was a thing by the guy that had done it, the whole lust box. And so I was like, oh, okay. So it turns out it's like the rarest version of any box. So I did some minor box repair, and I'm going to put it in like a little Lucite case or something. I think it's pretty awesome. It was oh, just so random. Crazy. He's just like, here, yeah. take this thing. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Buddy, get it off my hands. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's something. It, just to have the word lust on the box. I think it was Toys R Us that started the whole, like, you cannot have a game with lust on it. And they only right. put out the first run, right? That was it. Oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's all, it's, uh, that's all just now clicking. Uh, you know, <laughs> the whole yeah the whole lore okay i'm with you yes yes there's the, the lore being if you don't know about it it is a thing you'd yeah. have to yeah you know um, all our listeners know already they're nodding their heads and going "Ooh, the lust box Ooh, because mm, yes. i know y'all know that stuff so yes from the connoisseurs collection of course <laughs> i didn't know it was a thing till i had it so i'm just like damn i make it sound like i already knew i was like "Ooh," but i'm reading the back and looking at the internet at the same time right <laughs> a skill in its own well done <laughs> so when did you first encounter this marvelous little piece of uh graphic attention i i don't know i i don't my my dad isn't with us anymore but i'm such a nerd that if i could ask him three questions one of them would be why did we grow up with all the adventure games but no lucas arts ones it's really weird. Now, now there's this caveat to that being that we did have the Indiana Jones games, but that makes sense because mm-hmm. he loved Indiana Jones. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't, and I can't even actually say that's a fact. It's just I don't have any memory. I don't have any like the, like real nostalgia or like memory for like like most of the Lucas Arts games. Like the, there are exceptions. Um, Loom, Loom's another exception. Mm-hmm. We had that as a kid. So the Indies and Loom. Um, and the Maniac Mansion, I, a friend of mine had. So I do have like childhood stuff. And I know I borrowed it a lot, so I probably played it at my house. So Maniac's also kind of exempt. But but it's, yeah, I never, I didn't get to really, really play it until I was an adult. I definitely, I, like I said, a friend had it and I watched him play it. And then I know I got a copy or, or brought his home or whatever. Uh, you know, whichever one's more legal sounding. I, brought, <laughs> I did that and, <laughs> and played it. <laughs> but my first like true experience with it I would say was was probably no. I guess that's not true. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I'm, I'm obviously ill prepared to answer a simple question, but but that's not true because I, I do remember the ending as a kid and stuff. So I, I, yeah, I guess it was as a kid. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that, everyone. I mean, I, yeah, maybe it was a North American thing. We didn't get Maniac Mansion till in the '90s. I didn't play any Lucas Arts games until I got the LucasArts Archive Volume 3. I never, like, my dad brought home Loom, as I've mentioned in a previous episode, and I was like, what's this game? And he's like, I don't know, it's something to do with music, you won't like it. And I'm like, okay, so I didn't play it till I was older either. So I don't know why LucasArts wasn't around more. I don't, and it's not that my dad was actively avoiding it in any way, it's just... It, 
Like, I always thought it was because my dad was obsessed with collections. So he always made sure to come with home with Sierra games. So I just mm. thought maybe it's not Sierra. He's not interested, but I don't know. He just never really came across them until in the 90s, really. Yeah, no, I, I'm not sure for myself either. It was selective because I, I'm thinking more like we did have the dig. It was like it was just maybe it was just more Monkey Island and, and Tentacle. Mm. Or I'm just like, why, you know, how could we not have had those if if we had all you know all these other ones? But yeah. but anyway, all right. So so but to dig more into it, so so I recently replayed it. There's there's some there's some pretty cool versions or pretty cool options for it now too because you've got the mm. you've got the AGS deluxe version, right? So there's there's the the original version for, for speaking of DOS anyway, or PC, mm -hmm. let's say there's the original version and then there's the enhanced version, um, which I, I, you know, is from is, is for argument's sake, or, or I think actually for factual sake is, is an EGA and a VGA version, right? So, so mm -hmm. Maniac Mansion is just EGA, Maniac Mansion enhanced is bloody VGA, VGA. and then Maniac Mansion Deluxe is an AGS release that's free, a uh, fan made game. Of 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 crazy high quality, same as the Space mm. Quest one, where it's, um, you know, and, uh, the as as said by the people, not myself, right? Where it's just kind of known as like just just a quality professional esque re uh, remake, and and that one's really good too. It kind of gives it like FM Towns uh, mm. graphics, like the you know, I mean, the style. The it's, it's I'm sure it's like a two fifty six VGA power or whatever, but it, it has like an FM Towns kind of vibe to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so you, so you've got options if you've not played it or if you haven't played it since a kid or whatever. I guess what I'm doing is nudging you towards the the AGS version because it's really cool. Um, there's also if you have Day of the Technical, you've got it whether you know it or not because it's it's in <laughs> it's in every yeah. version of Day of the Technical in the bedroom. Um, what's what's weird? I think I think who was I believe it was Rick that was saying on one of our episodes that that Scum VM like wouldn't wouldn't let him play just maniac mansion from his files like he had to prove <laughs> that he also had it i think for it to play in the game it was kind of interesting but it's but funny. yeah anyway that's a cool fun fact like the entire entire maniac mansion the, the entire prequel to day of the technical fits into itself the prequel fits into itself um that's a trip isn't it Jeez, yeah <laughs> it is well, the whole game's kind of a trip i mean you know you've got hamsters and spells well not really spells potions i'm describing it terribly because i'm trying not to give anything away because i'm assuming there must be at least one other person that's seen it but then i think like why should i care i give away so much stuff in this show like without any warning at the beginning of an episode so i guess i don't really have to <laughs> that's fair yeah it's entirely fair <laughs> this, no this game's this this game's i think it's really good i mean that's not an original statement but i i, I guess okay the, the reason for the weak sauce just there sorry is because I, I kind of like I'm battling with whether or not to say the game's underrated. Because on one hand, that's a laughable <laughs> statement, but on the <laughs> other hand, is it? Because like I don't feel like it gets the love that most of the other Lucas games get. That that, that Tentacle gets, for example, or, or uh, obviously the Monkey Islands. Um, mm -hmm. You know, even probably Sam and Max. I mean, it's it's Maniac Maniac's pretty quiet, right? Like it's definitely buried under. Under Fandango and also Throttle and Sam and Max and Tentacle and the Monkey Islands and Fate of Atlantis, 
Um, and, and then like, you know, kind of crusade and, and mansion and, and Zach McCracken seem to be like left behind. I'm sure there's people listening right now who are like, this man's insane. He's completely wrong. Everybody knows maniac mansion is what started it all. And I'm not really saying that. I'm just saying like, as a game, I don't mm-hmm. feel like it's like, I don't feel like I run into like a lot of conversations about the, the gameplay of maniac mansion or the story, I guess I should say, or like the, I don't know. It's, it's, it's almost like a, not a parody of itself, but it becomes one of those things where all you talk about is like what it represents, like the token mm-hmm. of it, kind of like King's mm-hmm. Quest One, where it's like you you skip the whole part. You skip the whole when you talk about it. You don't really talk about the the game part of it. You talk about the 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 pioneer part of it, and it's like, but it's actually mm-hmm. like a really good game. Like King's Quest One was, eh, you know, it's, I, yeah, I, I'm, it was, I, it's mm-hmm. kind of rubbish, mm-hmm. but but like Maniac Mansion is mm-hmm. a brilliant game. Mm-hmm. Much so that they turned it into a TV show starring Eugene Levy that had like a whole three seasons. I've not yeah. seen it. I actually only discovered it was a thing that existed like a few weeks ago. Yeah, I think yeah. that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's re- we we tried. Uh, I guess to, to let the listeners and we we tried for for longer than we try for most things to mm-hmm. to do uh, an episode on the TV series, but we despite our a, a lot of effort to to get a hold of. <laughs> anything tangible you know not we weren't even uh, we backed our expectations from like a season to like an episode or three we were just trying to find you know more than more than clips or more than like a single episode um Mm. and we just couldn't do it so if if anybody out there actually has access to to that in a you know legal way uh (laughs) let us know let us because we would love to tuck into that a little bit and then deliver an episode on the insanity that i'm sure it is yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah who's i mean because i think they still own this films in atlantis so I, sometimes i'm surprised more ha- more things haven't been released out in the wide wide world but this one i'm not surprised we can't right. freaking find no, it anywhere it's, but it was a canadian american sitcom it should be all over the place there's bloody 62 episodes yeah that's the weird thing too the reception was like really good the, the first season like it it, it was mm-hmm. received really well like you said there's 62 or so there's like what three seasons like it wasn't a yeah, yeah like there it is. did significantly better than sam and max the the cartoon which was you know mm-hmm. for sure good um Mm-hmm. It was good. So yeah, yeah. Again, if anybody knows how to get a hold of that, because man, I, I, it's, it's been a few months since I tried, but, but, but we, yeah, we put some effort into it. Could not bloody find it anywhere. Um, yeah, we'd like to do an episode mm-hmm. on that. But anyway, so yeah, back, back to the game. You got, you got your classic. You know, Ron Gilbert's thing was like he was watching a family member play King's Quest. Like they had gotten it for Christmas, and and you know, he was struggling with what to do next for the, his for his new job and such. And he was like, you know, let's let's do an adventure game, but, but I don't want to do parser. And that's where we get the, you know, the, well, obviously he, he wrote scum because scum stands for script creation utility for maniac mansion. And, and it's just, yeah, this whole legacy is born. It is LucasArts's King's quest to a degree. And it's, it's, you know, while King's quest is, is kind of the godfather of graphic adventure. You could say that maniac mansion is the godfather of point and click. Um, because yeah, mm-hmm. because it is. You know, we're talking eighty sevens. So we're, we're looking at Sierra's mm-hmm. just just at their AGI peak, um, but AGI obviously being a parser thing, and and here Lucas Lucas being the pioneers coming in with with the point and click first and and killing it exactly. And they kind of kept it. 
Yeah, and they kept the format through most of their games. I mean, essentially, it set the framework for pretty much every other LucasArts game ever yeah, since. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we've got almost all their games on the Scum engine, and Scum is, is you know, uh, literally stands with the M and M in Scum as Maniac Mansion. So there you go. As far as, yeah, historical <laughs> significance. But but anyway, the game's really fun. You get to, to a quick breeze over because, I, again, I find it hard to believe that many of the listeners wouldn't have at least an idea of what the game's about. But it's like you get to – it. some of the, the really cool things it did, especially for its time, was giving you, you know, a couple of characters, letting you pick, um, you know, who you're going to take with you, like building your team, the team having different strengths. You know, obviously you've got like Bernard – uh, who who goes on to the sequel with Day of the Tentacle? Mm-hmm. But you've got Bernard, who's like the brains, and uh, and 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 Dave, who's you kind of you know he's Dave, um, and and Razor, and so on and so on. Useless, <laughs> exactly. And and so yeah, you choose, <laughs> and and that gives you varying gameplay because you know you can solve things in different ways with with, with different players' strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. It, it was it was really complex. Exactly. Is it pictures? Is it music? Is it like you know? Be, is it writing? I mean, that's the fun thing. And what I found a little bit overwhelming about this game the first time I saw it is there was just so much to take in because you've got to figure out a who each character is, b what they can do, c why you need them, d what do you do when you get captured. Like there's there's just so much to take on in this game. It was it was a lot. I think that is yeah. So it was, cool. It's it's a whole other layer of complexity for, for, for an adventure game. You know, all of a sudden open open this possibility up mm-hmm. to to co-op like with kind of with yourself so so now it's like strategizing in a chess-like fashion where you're trying to move two or three different pawns around this mansion to to get you know to achieve the goal so it was yeah it was really really cool in that sense i think my aversion to it was was largely the graphics i'm not a big fan of that particular art style which is it's not a knock Mm -hmm. yeah it's not a knock on it because it is i recognize it as just purely personal taste on my end so like no offense i get it if you Mm -hmm. like it i get it you know like i you know whatever it's just a personal thing but yeah kind of the same with zach mccracken but but again both of those games Mm -hmm. and the other thing too with maniac mansion is like especially like the the ega dos or or even a little worse with like the c64 versions they're so they're very like it's just there's a lot of just black and and a lot of just I don't know it's it's not they're not as visually appealing as as the the Sierra counterparts of eighty seven let's say art wise, um, like especially compared to like Space Quest two or, or even Police Quest one which is actually a really beautiful game too um, underrated game art wise because Marco mm-hmm. you know did some awesome pieces for that too but but to to you know if you're if to those listening like you know please stop relentlessly shitting on something I love I will because I'll say that the VGA was a huge step up and it really. <laughs> it got rid of the things I didn't like. Cause again, the EGA just it, like, it had these like weird kind of bleached colors. Like things were just, I'm not saying like, mm-hmm. I need like buckets of saturation and stuff, which, which is gold rush. And I do love that, but, but it was just, I don't know. It was off putting to me. <laughs> and then they, yeah. Like Dr. Fred, everything about his and the original one was a little bit like white, whited out, like kind of hard to see just in the colors or like, if I'm thinking Jeff, represented in the same way right. with the yeah, colors exactly exactly yeah there was just mm-hmm. there was just something about it that was like almost um I, I i can almost recall my impressions as a kid and this is you know in a snotty judgmental way but i remember looking at it and thinking it, it was like kind of homemade looking compared to the sierra games art art mm-hmm. just art wise 
No, mm-hmm. like the insides, like like mm-hmm. you know, let's open up the hood and see how she runs. Like is way more complex than the Sierra games of that time. Like like I was just kind of going through with different combinations of characters for different outcomes, and it was kind of on a different level than than just Larry or Space Quest Two or Police Quest One. But but again, art wise, um, and that's maybe why I opened with check out the enhanced version because it's um, to anybody listening mm-hmm. who, who doesn't know. Sorry, not the enhanced, the deluxe on AGS. So to anybody listening who who doesn't, deluxe, yeah. who can't visualize the deluxe but is familiar with the, the Zach McCracken FM Towns, it's the same, same kind of look. It's just they're just gorgeous. Mm. FM Towns for the LucasArts ports were 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 really beautiful. Or there, there's a Loom one um, that, that was yeah. gorgeous. And and it, anyway, so yeah. Long story short, it's more like the text is like. Long story short, I cut. You offer, but yeah, the text is like Day of the Tentacle ish kind of, and it's pretty, yeah, it's just pretty. It, 256 colors is a lot of colors, yeah, to work yeah, with. yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just pretty. Um, but yeah, Man- Maniacs just, I, I'll just, I'll leave it at this and just say that it's, it's not like it's, I think anybody could be forgiven for just leaving King's Quest where it was and uh, like respecting it as like a pantheon and, and not bothering to play it, but. When it comes to Maniac Mansion, like d- don't do that to this one. Like actually stop and play Maniac Mansion because mm-hmm. you might just be you might just finish it and be like, wow, like that was that is a way that is a really good game. Like it's just a like a really fun good game. And I just yeah, I don't know. I'd like to hear like the the story and and things like that talked about a little bit more. But at the same time, people are busy talking mm-hmm. about technical and other really great games too that they went on to do afterwards. So it's all the same. Hmm. Well, I felt that way about a lot of their games, even when we did Sam and Max just recently for that episode. I'm sitting there like shaking my head and going, how is this game so flipping good? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just, I mean, you know, we've kind of touched on that too, to, to, to literally answer it. It's like, well, you, you know, you, you cherry pick who you want, you put them on literally Skywalker Ranch and you say, all you have to do is not mm-hmm. lose money, be creative and have fun. That's how you do it, you know. <laughs> one one game a year, no Christmas deadline, no stress, no nothing. That's and God bless him for doing it because we got some just amazing, amazing games out of it. Even you, Zach McCracken. Exactly. Even you. Even you Zach. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so I, I was going to bring up initially King's Quest Three because my big box says it was made in 1987 but when I open it up and I look at the inside I can see it was done in 1986 so it's another one of those box abnormalities I only bring it up because I came across this before now here's what I'm curious like I didn't realize that that the boxes would change the date if it was a re-release or a second release I always thought the date on the box would have been the original release date of the game but I'm guessing that is not necessarily the case yeah, we're really bloody. We're really digging up a lot of questions, more questions than answers on on box dates here through this little series mm-hmm. with what's going on there. Mm-hmm. But like you had pointed out too before uh, recording was your your box is one of the ones with the the over half a million copies sold badges. So it must have been the next year to mm-hmm. to do that. But mm-hmm. um, all right, so so I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the time. We got to cover some non-adventure games, so I'm just going to quickly touch on two more adventure games because <laughs> fuck you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I started talking next. That's why. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you jumped in first. That's all right. I'll interrupt you. <laughs> point. That's 
All right, go. All right, so I got I got uh, two, two more. One of them is really short. I'll do the slightly longer winded one first, which is Shadowgate because I I love Shadowgate. Um, mm. We we had Macs before PCs, and and so Shadowgate was was a Mac venture game. Um, same people who did like Deja Vu um, and some other stuff, Dragon Sphere, I believe. But Deja Vu especially is in this style. Um, it was I know it was for Macintosh first, so it was black and white. Um, and then it got ported to to all the systems, including DOS. Um, but it, it's got it's got a lot of popularity, a surprising amount of popularity, or so I thought at first, because it was ported to the NES. Um, so like mm-hmm. on YouTube, things like that, for example, um, there's um, there was recently a, a, a success, not eh, arguably recently, a successful Kickstarter uh, for a remake of it, and, and things like that, where I was like, wow, like I didn't mm. Shadowgate really, like you know, it's not. It's not super huge in like the, the adventure community and it's it's nothing more than an adventure game. Um, but I think that was the reason because it, it made its way over to NES and, and so a lot of Nintendo players actually are quite quite fond of it. Um, but anyway, it's, it's a really cool game. And to give you a quick visual, be like, I think it's pretty close to um, spell casting, you know, where you got kind of those static windows. Um, I'm actually looking at it now, and holy shit, I had a friend who had a Macintosh computer when I was in grade six, and this is one of the games. I'm like, I'm just getting hit with like a, oh my God, oh, I've seen yeah. this before. I I had no, I didn't even know that's what it was called, but we totally played this together on her computer. Wow, dude, I haven't seen this since I oh, was in cool. elementary school. It's happening live on awesome. air. This is nostalgia. <laughs> I'm feeling it. It's, yeah, like the little inventory system is what clued me in, right? It's got that you can just place your stuff over in the little square over there and, you know, open up your multi-windows and do your yeah, thing. And it, yeah, and what's crazy, I don't know if you can see, there's a, a screenshot that has death, like, like you know, the the, the with the black hood mm-hmm. death, you know, the skeleton guy. And and just, just anytime I see that screenshot, I just, I, I hear the bleep of like, it was like that, do, 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 it would play that like really slow. In, in a computer bleep when you die. And like as a kid, it was chilling. I mean, as mm-hmm. a really young kid in my defense, but yeah, it was really scary to me. <laughs> um, no, I totally get that. This, the, the whole ambiance here and the realism, you've got your, you've got your picture for your movement. My God, this looks so Macintosh. Right, yeah, it could not look more Macintosh. You're right. Yeah, you- um, it's like the whole game is essentially based within the Macintosh system. Like it looks like an extension of the browser itself. Yeah, yeah it's, exactly. No, it, it literally does. Like it's it's got the the actual like System Seven GUI built built into the vibe of it. And I, I don't. Maybe that's why it's called Mac Venture. I'm not sure, but yeah. And, and again, it was ported to to everything else too. But yeah, it is. It is literally like yeah. Uh, well, okay, I'll back up a step and say I'm glad you brought up the inventory because that's one of the two kind of points where I really did want to force this into the episode instead of just letting it go because it's it it was it was kind of like um I don't know it was almost like like it was pretty visionary for its time because it has this really cool as, as you brought up a second ago the the inventory windows to your left and it's like it's like a little tiny sandbox. So you put you put your inventory mm-hmm. in there wherever you want, and it and it's there, and you could click it and drag it around and just whatever, um, you know, one of those things with like a desktop. You know, if you're a messy person, it's a stack of icons. If you're not, you, you sort it all out on your own, um, and and that's kind of interesting just for mixing and matching and lighting torches and things like that. There's a lot of lighting torches in this game. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, if you can't figure out how to light a torch, you should probably yeah. not play this game. Yeah. That's the first challenge. Light a torch. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then it's got a cool, it's, it, I, maybe I don't even sure about cool, but an interesting early swing at tackling a, like kind of a, a, a dungeon crawly map system for a sort of adventure game for for kind of a a first person for a first person experience, let's say because I'm sure it's probably confusing the hell out of anybody who doesn't have a visual of this game to be like dungeon crawl and adventure game. But I assure you it, it almost makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, if I knew what a dungeon crawl technically was, I'd confirm that. But <laughs> the point is, is because it's first person, you do need like a, a, a system to get around the, the dungeon that you're in because it is a dungeon. Um, and it, it's just mm -hmm. interesting. It sees check boxes. So each room you're in to, to the right of your, your art screen. So there's an art screen in the center or your graphics to the left there's the inventory to the right there's the map thing and, and it's it's a it's a square with check boxes in it and depending on which room you're in like when you walk into a new room the position of the little tick boxes changes to where your exits are and then so then you you know you mm -hmm. tick maybe the the rear exit and and it's it's just it's hard yeah all right this may be a visual thing sorry but it's unique inventory yeah. unique map thing um I'll, I'll finish it off by saying there is a color version as well for all the other ports. Um, if you know what you're doing, you can finish this game in, in 19 minutes, which is kind of almost depressing probably for mm -hmm. the developers of it. And yeah, there was a Kickstarter to do a remake. It was, uh, it was successful. I, I'm, I didn't dig the look of the remake, so I'm not going to bother, but you guys could check it out. I, I don't say I don't have enough information about it. Maybe, like if it was released in like 2012 or whatever, something like I get it. Graphic wise, because it's 3D, I don't. I'll just leave it there because I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, the last thing I'll say, because in '93 we must have missed this, is there's there's a game called Return to Shadowgate, um, and this is this is interesting. So the the sequel to this game is Return to Shadowgate. It was made in '93, and unlike Shadowgate, the re the sequel is um, a classic point and click. So like it's 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 a third person mm. just classical point and click game, but it's done like with scrolling um, platform background, like parallax backgrounds. Um, and then like the sprites got like a black outline. Like it just had like the art and the parallax background. Like it's all got a console feel, but it's a classic point and click game. And mm -hmm. then the other weird part is, is that the only system it was ever available on was turbo graphics. Um, so that's the thing. <laughs> I Turbo graphics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Before we came on air, Anna was, Anna was in a in the middle of a, a a fist fight with her microphone, and I was trying to load it on my PCE <laughs> emulator. I didn't have enough time to to see that through. But for anybody curious out there, if you you happen to have a legal copy of it like I did, you can run it through a, a PCE <laughs> emulator, uh, like PCE.emu on Android and iOS. Bloody, give it a go. All right, that's all I got. Oh, one more. Sorry, one more. Mortville Manor. Oh, okay, go ahead, go I just ahead. wanted. Oh, the just to back to the Shadowgate for half a second. I, I'm looking at the uh, 2014, and it's doing like a comparison of what it used to look like and what it looks like in the this very three dimensional remake. And just on this impression alone, although the graphics are absolutely gorgeous, go play the original if you're gonna play the game. Probably. It's so funny. Like, to look at a comparison of these two, and both of us are like, mm, I don't like the graphics of the new one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's much too Seems a bit extra, if you ask me. I mean, frankly, Ooh. is it all necessary? <laughs> a bit showy. 
little bit much. So anyways, just want to say it, it's a pretty game and I don't mean to throw any shade at the people who made the remake. I am absolutely impressed with this art. Hands down gorgeous. If I wasn't a classic gamer, I'd be yeah, all Yeah, and if you grew up like playing that game and you didn't know there was a remake till now, you're probably, you know, if you you might be pumped to get all over it because, it, yeah, it'd be cool. Like if I had more nostalgia for it, yeah. I would definitely buy it. But anyway, Shadowgate, exactly. that's a game. You have another yeah, one. Yeah, right. I got one more. It's called Mortville Manor. Um, and it's just it's just an interesting little game um, that I that I just I guess I kind of constantly have overlooked in all these years. Although it was in my own Dropbox because <laughs> I suspected that maybe I'd come across it at some point. You know, trying to archive old games and such, and I, I did. But anyway, I hadn't at least read about it, and it's 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 interesting. It's like um, uh, I guess I guess well, first of all. I'm stuttering a little bit because I'm trying to simultaneously Google search it smoothly so the audience doesn't know I'm doing that. And I fucked it up, so I'm just calling that out. But oh, um I see. No, that's okay. That's trippy. Oh wow, that's an entirely different sort of communication system. It's like using all of your file menus, but instead there's actions yes, in them. Exactly. And that's exactly why I wanted to bring this up. So one, when you look at it, it's like if you haven't heard of it before, you, you might look at it and be like, wow, how haven't I seen this? Because it's like a very polished, good-looking mm-hmm. pixel art adventure game from the era. Um, but as Anna just said, mm-hmm. it's got it's got a red – so to Macintosh users, it's it's got – it's got the same menu bar that we have to this day, you know, with with, with the finder bar drop down at the top. Um, it's not in the Mac style, like uh, like the Sierra Mac ports or the or the Shadowgate that we were just talking about. But it's it's the same idea where you have your menu bar at the top, but then there's there's an overwhelming amount of options. Are you seeing this, Anna? <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm looking. I'm just. I'm feel like. I was overwhelmed with the amount of options in the spell casting and like literally there is more. It, you've got your act, attach, close, eat, enter, force, knock, leave, lift, listen, look, open, put, read, scratch, search, sleep, smell, sound, take, turn, wait. That's only in the act. You've also got move, inventory, dis. I don't know what dis is. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, and, and, so, and so when Anna says like that's only in the act, so you've got like the, the menu has subcategories up top, right? So, so like instead of file, edit, view, et cetera, it's got inventory, move, act, self, dis, and files. And then just act alone has, has all those ones that she read off. Just, and, and, and the, the graphic attached to that, wow. that screenshot is it's just, it's just a kitchen. Like we're just looking at, uh, at a stove mm-hmm. and a cupboard. And it's like you've got 16 options uh, to choose from. But um, but anyway, if uh, if you're an adventure fan, which I you know I just pray to God you are if you're listening to this, much less seventy minutes into it. Um, Google buddy, <laughs> Google Mortville Manor. Uh, throw like PC game in there, mm-hmm. uh, and just check out some screenshots if nothing else. It's pretty fascinating. And then I will say, as I, I uh, YouTubed it real quick just to watch a little bit of it before this episode and the. The playthrough, granted, this is if you know what you're doing, but the playthrough for this one was 11 minutes. So if you know what you're doing, you can get through this in a breezy 11 minutes, even with, you know, 73 options per interaction. Oh, my God, there's voice in this Oh, game. thank you. That was the other what? thing I didn't write in my notes was that they decided to go with text-to-speech voice acting. So... Yeah, holy cow. I'm actually super right? shocked I'm getting And so in here. 1987, Uh-oh. you got this adventure game, and they decided to 
to do, I, I mean, I'm guessing you could probably turn it off. I'm not sure, but, but all the text is automatically read in that classic, not late eighties, you know, text to speech voice. Hello. How are you today? You know, that mm-hmm. guy, that wasn't very good, but um, ah. <laughs> I have regrets. <laughs> um, but anyway, all right, that's, that's adventure games. It's been 83 some minutes. So if you want to spend, you know, 43 seconds on other stuff, we got time. All right. I'm going to hit it up. Uh, I'm going to say that there are games in that. Ooh, my neighbors must be having a football game here. Hold on. Um, yeah. The games I played in this year are awesome and pretty memorable. Uh, Contra. I had a I, church. There was like a Sunday school thing. And in the basement, the boy that uh, had the house, he had a Nintendo and he had Contra on it. And I would go down and there was like three other boys that for some whatever reason, they didn't have to be upstairs for church. So I just joined them and we played Contra and nobody ever bothered us. So I had like many happy hours what do you, illegally, irresponsibly, irresponsibly playing Contra. Did you ever play that uh, one? Yes. Hey, yeah. there you go. Yeah, that's so. <laughs> so there you go. So Paul's played Contra. Have you you played Street Fighter? I think we've talked about that briefly, or at least two. I know. You yeah, played. really like two. Was this the first one? Yeah, okay. it's the first one. Yeah, like the first Mega Man, the first Street Fighter. Uh, California love games, game. freaking love yeah. California games. How else would locals know about hacky sacking? If you don't live in California, this this will teach you. You sounded very Canadian just then. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, hacky sack. You can... That's a thing. So California games is great. There's skateboarding. There was roller skating and it was, it was a super addictive game. That one was fun. Marble Madness. I mean, that was yeah, on Marble Madness is great. Love right. That. So um, Afterburner, Afterburner yeah, was good. Was, mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the racing game. Uh, Mike Tyson's punch out. Of course. Yes. Great game too. Uh, Mo- Wonder Boy and Monsterland, which I just rediscovered recently. It was like a cute little, you know, RPG kind of Mario style game, but it, it's got snakes and hearts and I don't know. It's just absolutely adorable. I'm guessing you haven't played that one. No. No. No, no. I could tell yeah, in your yeah, silence yeah, just there. A, How my are... eyes glazed over. <laughs> you got Mario Brothers everybody's played that one that's an awesome game i don't know what i could say other than now i can officially hashtag mario brothers 2 to get more (laughs) listens on this episode because it's in year yeah that's a thing i would do that (laughs) oh Um, also ancient uh, 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 buddy doki doki panic because i I feel like there's a large group of people that love that kind of stuff and i don't you know i don't know yeah well, that's what Mario Two was made out of, right? They oh, that was that Doki Panic, and then it was like, right, we're gonna skin it as Mario right. Two. So Thank that's you. what they God. Do you know <laughs> that would be embarrassing if I claimed to host a classic gamers podcast show or something? You know, saying, thank God, <laughs> thank God, I don't do that. Yeah, thank God you 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 already knew the fact. No, okay, uh, Ancient Art of War at Sea, which I have the big box on too, another beautiful box, a beautiful game that I didn't play. I played just the Ancient Art of War as a kid, but this came out in 1987, and even if you don't want to play it, you know, you might want the big box. Yeah, and uh, you know, you got you got your so. you got your jaws. Oh, there's another one. I had like a short list of like, you know, please say these things. Um, 
fantasy star. That's that's mm-hmm. one that's got to be said. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I've actually played. I put okay. I put like six hours into the game fantasy star because potentially it was going to be an episode idea. And what happened was I realized that all of the like the caves and the dungeons were mazes. Like all of them, it would appear. Yes. And I like I really wanted to keep going. And I, like I said, I built up my characters. My stats were good. I was kicking butt in the fights. I was getting the hang of the game. And then I was like, I can't do mazes on top of it. So I stopped intending to go back, but I haven't had a chance yet. Yeah. <clears throat> well, listen. <laughs> <laughs> I've about had it with all this bullshit. Um we this, hold on, sorry. There's more. Final Fantasy, right? That's a that's a get crucified yeah. for not saying it. Title, uh, Final Fantasy. Yeah, we said you have it twice. To say that, that that's times. a big one. And and the first Ultima game. I mean, we're supposed to mention those. So the first one of those happened it. in that. I year. never see it. It is. Well, hang on. Let me see. Google's trying to get us in trouble. Never show us the ultimate. All right. uh, While you're doing that, we got you double dragon. Zelda two. No, it's that. It's not that Ultima one. It's the other Ultima. There was an Ultima. Hang on. 1987. We're in the middle of a faint. Ah, yeah, there Um, it is. Ultima one, the first age of darkness. It was an Ultima one, but it wasn't that Ultima one. I don't. Yeah. So there's like other. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. I'm on the video. It says copyright 1987. Ultima. Now, I don't know enough about the early Ultima games, so people are going to be very upset. But this is the first game in the Ultima series or simply Ultima 1. Hmm. Yes. 1981 is when it came out. So I'm not sure about why 1987 also. So somebody that knows more than I do. I'm. You know, I keep asking you lovely listeners to email me, and I'm not sure that that's happening. But uh, hopefully, yeah, find this out for me because it says right here on the video that it's 1987. So obviously I don't know enough to talk about this. This is why I didn't bring these games up in my other episodes. I am uninformed. Hey, you know what did come out is uh, Fexter, which has amazing music and two of the most amazing non-adventure games ever in existence. And that would be Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. Wow, I didn't see that coming. (laughs) yeah (laughs) they are so good i had them both and i used to love them Uh, oh and she's serious okay double down yeah no seriously (laughs) Seriously. totally i was was looking through it and i even remembered that i used to play those games so i went and watched the episode again nostalgia wave heavy man all right fair enough um mm-hmm. well, you got okay. your you got your shinobi yeah. shinobi's a, you know people like shinobi mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. did you do pirates yep sid Meier's pirates that's in there too that's a that's a great game uh operation wolf you know so there's other stuff other stuff came out that year too our type mm-hmm. yeah definitely the first ultimate i'm still on the ultima thing i'm yeah, trying to I figure just... it out google i was trying to use you to research and you're failing me yeah well believe it or not uh if you go into our back catalog we actually had richard garriott on the show um <laughs> that was but it was rick that, we that weren't did there happen so and... we're, we're not we're not posers all right the, the person who was educated to be mm-hmm. there was there we you know i was supposed mm-hmm. to be granted <laughs> 
And I wasn't because I wasn't on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you would like to hear from Richard Garriott and and somebody on our show uh, who knows Ultimate Well, knows what they're talking about, interview them, uh, you can mm-hmm. go check that out again or or don't. You know, mm-hmm. this is this is not for money. So it did. It, it, it is a it was a great episode, though. Like he went out of his way. Rick went out of his way to ask questions that I hadn't heard answered anywhere else. So if you have even the tiniest bit of curiosity about uh, Richard Garriott, just go back and give it a look. It's, it's fascinating all the way through. It's it's one of my top five favorite interview episodes. Castlevania Two, Simon's Quest, Metal Gear. Mm. We got. <laughs> I like that I'm just too. gonna just name show name games and fade myself out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's that's our that's our show. Probably. Do you have anything? Do you want to say stuff? More stuff? Oh no! I think we, we've said enough stuff. I'm sure people turned this off at least 15 minutes. Yeah. Ago. Well, maybe they got stuck in traffic or something. But if you're at this part of the show, then congratulations, you made it. You made it to the end. We're we're paging a group on Facebook. <laughs> Give, we, I think we went five minutes too long because I just you know. <laughs> You, you can you can hear the lack of heart I have behind this outro. <laughs> the energies just escape the room. Okay, all right, don't don't turn it off. Don't turn it off. I'll make, I'll make it better. I'll make it better. Okay. Thanks for listening, guys. We- <laughs> There's a lot of adventure game podcasts out there, and you choose ours. So we want to thank you. Um, we're a page in a group on Facebook, Classic Gamers Guild. Check us out. We're on Twitter. Do a somebody tweet at CGG Podcast. Anna's running the Twitter nowadays, um, so you can say hi to her there. Uh, the same, the same Twitter. It's it's also Anna. I know it's 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 weird, right? But it's the show and Anna. So if you want to talk to this Anna, you could do that on Twitter. Um, if you want to say hello to me for some reason, you could also do that on Twitter. And <laughs> then. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, about. exactly. You know, at Phantom Fellows, you could, you could, you could say hello there. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just, just you know, do do the thing there. Um, we're we're bloody. We're on Instagram at CGG Podcast as well. Same, same for Twitter and and Instagram. Hand hit the symbol again. Sorry. Um, what else? We're on Patreon. A huge thank you to all of our Patreons. Um, thank you very much for supporting the show. It really, 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 really helps out because we got to, we got to pay hosting for our pod bean and we uh, also have to pay for clean feed, which, um, allows us to interview people and, and things like that and provide you guys with, you know, decent sound quality, the best we can considering she's in Canada and I'm in Colorado. <laughs> um, so thank you guys. Cause again, the Patreon, you know, long story short, just almost pays for those things. Um, and the rest of it is, is, is our pleasure because we really enjoy doing this for you guys as well. So thank you to our Patreons. Thank you to those in our extra special tier tanks, special thanks, extra, extra thank you. The thank you so damn much tier, which we're going to have to rename it. Uh, I don't even know who's in it. Cause I haven't checked it in three or four weeks. I've been, I hope somebody, yeah, I think, <laughs> you know, Jay Holmes, you, you probably are. We love you, man. You're awesome. As, and anybody else, you know, even to those who used to be, you got your Mark uh, Philly and Mark and, and Una and Gus, and we love all you guys. Jean-Francois Pache, Jean, I miss saying your name. Hey, give us a lot of money again so I can so keep fun. saying it. Because <laughs> I just legally cannot, unless you do. 
Um, no, thank you to everybody who supports the show regardless. To those in the extra special theater tanks, even though I don't know who you are, we do apparently extra appreciate you guys, even though we couldn't take four minutes to find out who the fuck you are. Fantastic. Who's running this bullshit? Um, <laughs> look, no, for real though, I just, I fucked this whole show up the last couple of weeks because I, I took a few weeks for personal stuff, all very happy, good things. Um, and, and we just kind of got back and this isn't like a, Oh, we're back from vacation. Let's do a show while we're relaxed. This was more of a, Holy shit. We have to get a show in before Tuesday because that's too many Tuesdays. Mm -hmm. So, so we're just, we're getting this one out there and then we got some good actual pre-planned stuff for you guys coming up. Um, such as an interview with a reoccurring guest you guys are going to love. Um, well, at least you did the first time. Um, and, um, I know you will. And then some other pretty cool stuff, including a game I've wanted to cover since we started the bloody show, uh, that we're going to cover really soon. So anyway, that's, that's the ending stuff. It felt long. I think it was long. Um, if you don't mind, check out, check out our game. Um, working really bloody hard on it. Uh, you know, you want a guilt? I'll give you a guilt story. I'm walking uphill in the bloody snow with a, a child on my nipple, making an adventure game for you lot. So and and you know i would i would just appreciate any support if you want to you know again if you don't what am i gonna do i'm just a voice in your car speaker right now or your air bread bud pods so oh yeah the game's called the phantom fellows and 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 uh and is a, a huge help with with making the game and a lot of aspects with the game so it truly is an us thing and i'm working full-time on it every day uh, and I'm just, I'm hoping to make something you guys really like. So if you don't mind giving it a bloody wish list on steam, that really helps make steam think that people care about the game. And then steam's like, well, if, if they care, then we'll make money. So we'll, you know, let people know it exists. And you know, that's how that works. So bloody <laughs> wish list it, um, or go to the website, the You can find it there. Um, you know, just send me thousands of dollars. <laughs> It's been 15 minutes of me ending the show, and it's a lot of just needy little things like, hey, please do this and that. So why don't we just cut the bullshit, send me a check for, you know, $27,000, and I'll never do this again. But if you don't, you know, we're a page and a group on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. <laughs> I can't, if you're active, if anyone's still listening, say uh, just just on Facebook, be like, be like, uh, Strawberry Cinnabon, just so we know that you actually heard this heaping pile of bullshit and we can apologize. You know what? what? If somebody somebody comes back at us with that code word, I will give them a free game code, but only the first one and the first time, and you have no way to know if it's already happened. So if you hear it, say it, try. Yeah. You might get one. I might even give out two or three. That'd be more emails than we usually exactly. get on an episode. <laughs> I got lots of game codes. And, yeah. <laughs> And, and it won't be the game we're making. All right. That's a bullshit move. <laughs> <laughs> it's a free demo on Steam and it's yours. <laughs> Beta access. None of the shit works. Um. <laughs> All of the crashes. Yeah, none exactly. of the fun. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, listen. All right. Buddy. Okay. Uh, thanks for listening. We love you guys. Uh, you know. Don't do murder.